Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. looking above. My name's Karen. We're so glad you joined us today in our continued study of Ephesians and growing together. This is episode 28, and today we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1 and continuing through verse 16. And we're going to also talk about the spiritual discipline of Study. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Which last week you said is your favorite discipline. It is my favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It is the one that I could get lost in. I could spend all day studying scripture um, and literally hours evaporate. And I am just like, where did all that time go? Like, I haven't been here that long. No, Karen, you've been sitting there for three hours. So um, <laughs> it is It is my favorite. And today, Brooklyn is going to be backwards day. Yes. Yep, you told me that. So at least you warned me. (laughs) We are going to talk about our discipline before we talk about the scripture. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about study, as Karen said. So what what is study? Yeah. Well, I mean... mm, All of us have been students at some point in our lives, right? So um, we have an idea of what studying is. I've got two kids in college right now, and so they study. And I thought it was really interesting. You said something about cramming facts in our brain, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what people think about. And it's just to get it down on paper and to get an A. Like in college, I would study and memorize and then I'd put it on paper and I'd move on to the next thing. And I couldn't tell you half of what I studied. Right. Right. And that is not what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So we'll just make that distinction right up front. So when we engage in Bible study and the discipline of studying scripture, Our whole point is that we want to go beyond just reading the scripture to actually engaging with the scripture, and it's taking it from a head knowledge and making it a heart knowledge. So that's, I think, Mm -hmm. where it differs from what you were talking about, the cramming kind of thing. It's not just putting things into our head, making sure that, you know, we memorize scripture or know Mm -hmm. verses or know where things are. It's not about head knowledge. It's about heart it's knowledge. It's about heart knowledge, <laughs> right? And about heart transformation. Yes. And um, I think it's really interesting, and I may have even said it here on the podcast before, but you know, there's a passage in scripture that says knowledge puffs up. And I always think about that. And you think about like the Pharisees in Jesus' time, right? They had tremendous knowledge. Mm-hmm of scripture. They knew it like they could quote it, but knowledge isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about taking that knowledge and allowing it to transform us and to change us. And so when we study scripture, that's our purpose. Our purpose is to dig into it, to get a better understanding of it and to allow the Holy Spirit through that to change us and to conform us more into Christ's likeness. 
Right. I've, I uh, read a quote earlier. Mm-hmm. It's by Donald S. Whitney, and it says, the purpose of spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of the person. Mm-hmm. They aim at replacing old destructive habits of thought with new life-giving mm-hmm. habits. Nowhere is this purpose more clearly seen than in the discipline of study. The mind is renewed by applying it to those things that will transform it. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. much what you're saying. Yeah. And so what he's even referring to there is Romans chapter mm-hmm. 12, right? The yeah. idea of letting our minds be transformed. transformed. Yes. Right. And the point of that, again, is that our hearts would be transformed, that our lives would be transformed, that we would look like different people because of what we've learned and the fact that we've allowed it to soak into mm-hmm. us. Um, so I, I love that. And And it's so important because the word of God, scripture tells us, is living Mm -hmm. and active. It talks about how like it penetrates us, how it has this power to transform us. Um, Second Timothy chapter three talks about how all scripture is useful to teach us, to correct us, to rebuke us, to train us in righteousness. Some of these thoughts, like when we're reading scripture, it's not just a... I don't know, like you read a novel, right? It's not, no, <laughs> it's, and that's why we study it is because it is powerful and it has power through the Holy spirit to completely change us and make yeah. us new people. So, and repeatedly, like you can read the same passage over and over and it can right. change you right. every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we were um, just talking about, I have a metaphor. Mm -hmm. I've heard this a few times. Uh Um, And just stick with me here. Don't get offended right off is what I'm going to say. That's how I'll preface this because it could maybe upset somebody. Um, All right. So if it's time or I'm thinking about dinner, right, and I need to eat, I could very easily go drive through drive through the McDonald's drive through and quite frankly it's probably what I'm going to do at lunch today because I did not prepare so just hear me say that. <laughs> um, but I could go through the McDonald's drive through and I could if I was not gluten-free, order chicken nuggets and fries, and they would be delicious. And I would fully enjoy <laughs> that meal um, in all their fried glory, right? Um, or I could go to the grocery store and I could buy a whole chicken and some whole potatoes, and I could slice up those potatoes and put seasonings on them, a little bit of oil, and roast them in my oven. I can roast a whole chicken and eat that. Same thing, but two entirely different meals, right? Mm-hmm. So if I eat the chicken nuggets and this is where it gets disgusting and I'm so sorry. Um, what's funny is I ate McDonald's earlier this week and I did get sick. So yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring that up. Um, <laughs> she actually missed work because yes. McDonald's made her very ill. Um, so if I eat the McDonald's, Uh, Like I said, I'm going to get some flavor. I'm going to get some nutritional value, some. Um, It will give me some energy for my day. But when we consider what a chicken nugget is, it's processed chicken. It's somebody else chopped that up and smushed it back together. And (laughs) you should see the look on Brooklyn's face. (laughs) And the fries at McDonald's are the same thing. They're not cut from whole potatoes. It's kind of like mashed potatoes shoved into a fry, fry form. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so this is, I'm so sorry. 
it's kind of like it's already been chewed for you, right? Right. The yeah. chicken and the fries have both already been chopped up, smushed back together. They're easy to eat. Whereas when I eat whole chicken and whole potatoes, the whole value of the food is there. It hasn't been processed. It hasn't been through as many manipulations. Yeah. And therefore, the nutritional value is far greater. Mm -hmm. The flavor is far greater. Yes. I think so anyway. And so do my children. Yeah. Like they are like, mom, I would rather eat your food than eat out. Even my nine-year-old says yeah. that he's like, I don't want to eat out. And I'm like, oh, well, sorry, mommy is really tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and it makes you feel better. It gives you more energy and the energy sustains you longer. Hopefully, there's less risk of disease or yeah. even illness like uh -huh. you experienced the other night, <laughs> right? When we eat good whole foods um, and it hasn't been processed, it's better and the value is greater. And so here's where I'm going to liken this to Bible study. It is easy for us to pick up a devotional book, like a, my daily bread or whatever it's called. Right. And there's a verse there and somebody pre-chewed it for you. Mm -hmm. And they give you a little bit of explanation, a little bit of thought. It's easy to read that and kind of move on with your day. And just like a baby bird needs its mom to pre-chew that worm and then regurgitate it into its mouth, there is some value in that. There right. is some value in the McDonald's. There is some value in somebody pre-chewing scripture for you, but they have done the work. And so guess who gets the value? They did. Right. They did the work. They dug into it. And I am not dissing devotionals. I'm not dissing Christian authors who write them. They are some tremendous people who have tremendous faith and they're trying to help others on that same journey. There is great value to it. However, at some point we need to move beyond the pre-chewed, or at least we need to supplement the pre-chewed with, right. with getting into the roast chicken and the whole roast potatoes ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to go on. We need to move past. And there, you know, there's a passage in scripture that talks about that. Like it talks about spiritual milk. And by now you ought to be eating steak people. Like don't <laughs> keep doing the easy thing. And so if you are a new believer, that is a great place to start. Yeah. Go for the spiritual milk, go for the regurgitated someone else chewed it up. You're for really you. selling it. I know I am. <laughs> Let somebody else chew it up for you and help you through that process. It is an amazing place to start. But as you begin to mature, you know, babies don't stay on milk forever. They move to baby food and then they start soft solids and then they start hard solids and they keep moving past that. And we need to do the same thing. And that's what's this discipline of study does for us is it builds spiritual muscles. It helps us to grow. It helps us to deepen in our faith. And it's super important. Right. So why don't people do it? Because it's more work. It's easier to go through the drive-through. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's easier to go through the drive-through and and we feel some benefit from McDonald's and we feel some benefit from reading a devotional. Is there some benefit? Yes. I'm not saying there's not. But what I'm saying is there's so much greater benefit. I also think that sometimes the benefit is more instant with McDonald's. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I went, like I said, yeah. Daniel gets mad if I'm like, we're going to eat 
Qdoba tonight. And he's yeah. like, I don't want Qdoba. I want you to make me food. I'm like, uh-huh. no, mom's tired right. and we need food now. I don't yeah. have time. <laughs> exactly. You know? But like reading through the Bible and studying scripture, it takes, mm-hmm. sometimes it is instant where I'm like, oh my gosh, God is speaking to me. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's later when a scripture comes to mind and I'm like, and then it's applicable mm-hmm. to that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I think it takes longer and right. And you have to go back and you have to uh-huh. dig in again and mm-hmm. you have to chew on it some more and you have to... So you don't see the uh, result... Not always. Right away every time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it definitely is... Um, it's a process and it's something that we can learn and that we can get better at. So if it's something that doesn't come naturally to you or if you don't even know where to begin, that's what we're here. That's what we're going to talk yes. about here. The rest of this podcast is how do we start? How do we do this? How do we encourage each other in this? Um, what might this look like? And so, um, I'll just tell you a few, um, methods or tools. Let's talk about that a little bit. So if you're going to study a passage of scripture, um, what, what might you need, what might you use, what tools might you use in order to do this? So, um, I've said it before and you know, this, like my favorite thing are commentaries. I Mm -hmm. love them. Now I will mention Um, There are some commentaries out there that are so scholarly that if you look at them, you're going to be like, this is making things way worse. (laughs) Okay. Tell that. What is a commentary? Because I I think there's some people that probably Mm -hmm. don't know. Yep. So commentaries are books that have been written by Bible scholars where they go through, um, usually commentaries are on a book of the Bible. Sometimes they're on sections or bigger sections or chunks. Um, but it's, it's a book that's written that is giving commentary on. So you Mm -hmm. think of like a sports commentator, it's someone who's watching from the sidelines and they're giving you all these little tidbits and they're like, did you know his Mm -hmm. mom has cancer? And you know, and and this game is really meaningful to him. And like, that's the sports commentator adds notes because they've done their research Mm -hmm. and they can tell you not just about the play, but they can tell you about the players and the stats and all of that. It's the same kind of thing, right? So it's somebody who has done a ton of study far more than any of us could do without crazy degrees, right? <laughs> you know, so, and that's again, what I'm saying, like, this isn't about pre-chewed. This is about someone who has compiled research that you can then dig into. It's kind yeah. of different. Like this word in Hebrew means or right. like things right. like that. So the commenta- commentator, the person ha- has just kind of compiled all of this research and gives you all of these thoughts and insights and information onto the scripture. And often they will go phrase by phrase or mm-hmm. verse by verse, but they take it very slowly. And a lot of it does have to do with, they'll get into the original Hebrew, the original Greek, and they will look at the words and what they mean in context and what they meant in that society, mm-hmm. that time period. So they give you all of this information um, that you can then use, dig to, into, to, understand to more help deeply. you understand it more deeply, right? So I love commentaries. I'll say right now, my favorite place to go for them, of course, we have hard physical copies here in the office that mm-hmm. I love to look at. But online, I use BibleHub.com. Hmm. BibleHub.com. It's my favorite resource. There are so many resources there, but any given verse or whatever, like up at the top, there's all these little letters up there. And one says C-O-M. That's, com- that's for commentary. Mm-hmm. And when you click on the C-O-M, so like if I went to this particular passage, Ephesians four, verse one, I type that in as the search. Then up at the top, there's all these little blue letters. And if 
I click on COM, it will take me then to, I think there's probably six or eight commentaries mm -hmm. just that they've kind of compiled there. They've taken, this is what Benson says. This is what MacArthur says. And they take all of these commentaries and they put them in one place. So you can read commentary after commentary after yeah. commentary on this one passage. Yeah. Like I said, some of them are super scholarly and they're super in depth into the original languages and they're kind of going to be over your head. They're over mine. Usually I don't stay on those. I usually will read the ones that are more understandable, but it helps me to get some context. It helps me to get some understanding about the words, phrases, um, meaning. Sometimes they'll even link it and tell you about other places in yeah. scripture where the same word is used and that helps you understand better mm -hmm. the word that's being used. Um, so commentaries are my favorite thing. The other thing that's right there on Bible Hub is you can at the top click. So like we're in the new Testament, you can click Greek and it will then take you to that verse where it has broken down word by word. And it gives you next to it. This is the Greek word that was translated into this English word. And then when you click on the Greek words, then it'll take you to a page where it gives you all sorts of information yeah. about that specific word. So this word was translated, you know, into this, but here's the full translation, yeah. which our Bible would be like seven times as long if we used. Because <laughs> it doesn't translate perfectly to English. Right. That's why it's important to have an understanding right. of the original right. meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So commentaries, that's how I can also do the word studies in the original languages. Um, for someone who's starting out in this and they're like, I'm not ready for commentaries yet. Um, just getting a good study Bible mm -hmm. is a really good place to start. So a study Bible has notes usually at the bottom of the page, sometimes in the margins, but it will give you some of those insights and some of that understanding and context that you would not necessarily know on your own. So a Bible that has that, a study Bible might be a good place to start. Um, taking your time is important too. Often when we sit down with scripture, we just read it almost like to check off our list. Right. And so we need to set aside time to do Bible study, to sit down and read it. Like for instance, this month or this month, this semester. So for 10 weeks, we're looking at this book of Ephesians. So this is what I'm studying in my own time. This right. is what I'm using for my own personal devotions right now. So like these 16 verses, I've been reading them every single day for this past week. I've been digging into them, letting them infiltrate my heart. I've been sitting in this same spot for seven days. And maybe mm -hmm. you could even do it slower than that. Like I would prefer to even do it slower than that, but we want to get through this whole book in this right. semester. So studying scripture is definitely not about going through a drive-through. It's like you said, it's definitely not about the speed. Right. It's about taking our time. Um, highlight it. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. I like using all sorts of colored highlighters. She's rainbow of yeah. highlighters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so highlight things that stand out. Look for words that are the same that like you just read these six verses and you're like, oh my word, the word unity showed up five times in this. Then I would highlight that all the same color so that when I look at this passage again, I notice that. Um, so highlight it. Make notes. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible. Or if you really are afraid to write in your Bible, get a notebook and write in a notebook notebook mm -hmm. and start doing it. So, um, what I really like to do, and this is what, um, I have sitting in my lap right now, when I study something and try and study it deeply, I will literally print out the entire, so I have the entire book of Ephesians printed out and then I 
get my little glue stick and I glue it into my notebook like a few verses at a time on a page and then I leave a blank page so that I can write notes and then I glue a few more verses on a page and then I leave a blank page so I have space to write notes. So I make my own little Bible study. That's what I was going to say. You have your own little study Bible over there. Yeah, my own little study Bible. And then I write all my notes as I read my commentaries. I go in and I circle things and I highlight things and I write them in this notebook. And then I have this. So like the book of John, I studied it years ago. I did it in the first few episodes of this podcast. I was able to get back out my notebook from when I studied it years ago. And that's what I used to do this podcast. Now I went in and I studied it again and I added notes in a different color and I highlighted them, you know, so that I would see like, these are the new insights that I had when I studied it this time. But I love to have this because now I, like you said, I've kind of got my own study Bible, my own commentary, whatever that I've written on my research on the book of Ephesians. And that's what I'm creating right now. Um, another way to study scripture we've talked about, um, with the ladies here at the church before is the soap method. Um, and we've, we've talked about that and that's where you write down S is for scripture. So you write down the verse, you take just like a verse or two a day, Mm -hmm. you write down the scripture, then you make your observations about it. So what does this say about God? What does this say about me? What, you know, like what, what am I learning? How does this fit into context? And then you'd write a is application. So how does God want me to apply this? How will this change my day to day? Mm -hmm. Like this is a great tool. I think the soap method for starting Bible study. Definitely. Um, And so like that, oh, you could maybe get into a commentary or in your study Bible to help find those observations. A, application, that's where you're really trying to pray and discern um, and maybe go back to like what Brooklyn was talking about last week, like that time of meditation and Mm -hmm. stillness and quietness before God, listen to him and then write down how does he want me to apply this? Right. And then prayer is the last thing, like pray this scripture back or pray back. Like, this is my commitment. I'm making, this is what, um, I'm going to do today Mm -hmm. because of what I've learned. So that was a lot. I'm talking way too much But such good stuff. No, I'm letting you take the reins because this is your jam. (laughs) I'm going to be taking notes over here. Okay. All right. Um, so that takes us, well, I mean, are there other things you want to say, Brooklyn, just about Bible study, about your practice in Bible study, about, um, maybe where you've started or I, I started with the soap. Well, Mm -hmm. I started with devotionals actually. Mm -hmm. And so I like that you said that's like spiritual milk. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I moved on to Bible study and I can tell you from experience that it is so different to study the Bible on your own and God speaks directly to your heart. And that is just so cool. Um, and I have done the soap method too. And Mm -hmm. I think the more I did it, the more I stopped like S O A P (laughs) and then it kind of just Just became more natural Mm -hmm. and God led. But I think that those are all awesome and very Mm -hmm. applicable. So no, I really don't have that much to add. Um, okay. So we'll, now we're going to go turn to the scripture and we're going to do it a little different today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, rather than, um, talk through insights about this passage, things that I've learned from my study, what we want to do today is instead kind of work our way through this passage and we'll do it kind of quickly, but telling you, this is how you might approach studying Mm -hmm. this. Um, and then we're going to let 
you do it on your own. So I'm going to let you cook a chicken and peel your potatoes. That's right. You get to peel your own (laughs) potatoes today. Um, sorry, don't turn this off right now and (laughs) get angry, but it's, it's an opportunity for you to study this. And, um, I intentionally chose this passage for this, um, podcast because it is so meaty. Like this is not going to be a hard one for you Mm -hmm. to study or dig into. There is so much here that, um, you, you've got a lot, (laughs) you've got a lot. This is one plump chicken. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right. So we look at the beginning of this passage, right? Excuse me. Verse one. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. I'm going to put you on the spot, Brooklyn. What jumps out at you? And this is how we could start. So if you're sitting with your group, your life group, your small group, a friend, whatever, this is how you could do this. We're just going to model it here. And we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to get out the commentaries right now, but we're just going to talk about how you might dig into this together. So what, what jumps out at you in this first verse? Um, and that's actually what I do when I study is I just write down like, Oh, these are my thoughts. Um, I just noticed, um, instruction, (laughs) like Mm. always be humble and gentle, be patient, make allowances, Mm. um, be united. Um, so I, that's what I wrote was just that there was instruction here and it was to be, yeah, united as one body. Right. So you've got the, um, you've got the instruction here and it's coming out of this verse the first verse, right. Which is saying lead a life worthy of your calling. And then he gives you, Mm -hmm. here's how you do it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So you might, if you're writing in a notebook, you might say lead a life worthy of your calling. And then here's the list that you make under it. Isn't it funny that that's what I, what I saw was you you saw the list. (laughs) Yeah. I saw the list. (laughs) And (laughs) that makes sense. Right. Cause that's, that's personal to you. Like Mm -hmm. when I look at this, of course, first of all, I see the word calling and called twice in that first verse. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> he used that word twice here. Why, why is it? And why would he say that? I, um, see again, this reference to him being a prisoner, yeah. which we've already talked about last week, but maybe if you were reading this passage without the context of last week, you'd be like, why does he call himself a prisoner. Like, is he actually a prisoner? Is this metaphorical talk? So then that's something that you might want to look up and do some research into. You might want to look up this word calling. That's what I would do. I would be like, Hmm, I want to see the Greek and see what does it mean by calling? Is it like calling? Like this is my purpose in life or is it calling? Like God has spoken to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, Karen, pick up the phone. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to talk to you, <laughs> you know, like, so, so these are things that I would look at there, but then yes, like you said, as we go into verses two and three, there is a list here. These words, humble, gentle, patient, make allowance with each other's faults, keep yourselves united. So then as a group or on your own, you might look into those and you might really study like what does this mean? What does he mean by humility? Mm-hmm. What does he mean by gentleness? Am I yeah. living humbly and gently in relation to other believers? 
So we take that then and we start to mull over those words. We start to try and get a better understanding of them because sometimes our understanding of words is really tainted by our context, by how we've been raised. Humility looks totally different in a different context, right? Right. Um, And so then it's like, hmm, I wonder what he meant by humility. What does God mean by humility? So then that's where we might look at the commentary, where we might look at the Greek and say, huh, do I have an accurate view of humility? And I remember one time, um, in particular, when this happened, I was studying for the hopeful women's Mm -hmm. event, and I thought I knew what the word hope meant. And then I studied it in its Greek and in its context. And I found out that as we look through the new Testament, the word hope doesn't have to do with wishful thinking like, Oh, I hope you feel better. You know, it's not a wishful thinking. It's an assured thing. It's we have hope because we know Mm -hmm. that's what hope is. Hope has to do with like being certain Mm -hmm. it's not wishful thinking. And so that was when I realized like, oh, my view of some words is tainted by how they're used in our society. And that might not be accurate anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Things meant different things yes. like back then. And like we said, the translation isn't perfect always. Right. So. Right. So, um, so looking at this and looking at some of these words, humble, gentle, patient, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, this next section here, verses four through six, uh, you could probably spend weeks and weeks studying just this. This is like almost like a perfect creed, right? Like this is uh, like, he's writing this for them. Like, this is a creed. This is what you need to repeat over and over. Here are the most important tenets. He's saying there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and in all and living through all. So if we take just that chunk, now I was trying to emphasize but the word one is, is highlighted in there. Um, so, so important dig into just that. Why is it so important that he's saying one, what is he trying to contrast where, you know, where maybe people have beliefs that there are more than one. Why is it so important? Again, the, the theme kind of going through Ephesians is this theme of unity, right? And Mm -hmm. so he's trying again to tell you, you are Jews, you are Gentiles, but guess what? That doesn't matter anymore. You are no longer Jews. You are no longer Gentiles. You are one, you are one body, the body of Christ. And And we see that word body there in verse four, but then that comes back out in verses 12 and 15, where that it comes back around to this idea of the body, this idea of the church. So that's something else that we could really look into in this passage is not just the idea of one, but then the idea of the body of Christ. What does that mean that the church is the body? body of Christ. So if you're going to study that and you're thinking about a body, what are some things that you might wonder, question, thoughts that you might have that might prompt you in your study? Are you asking me? I am asking you. (laughs) I'm asking us all. Um, I did do a commentary. Mm -hmm. I did read a commentary because I was curious about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And something that I... 
like, are, are we all one physical body? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, very you could get mm-hmm. very basic questions. Um, but if you use your previous knowledge, you know the, kind of what it means. Um, yep. So something that I read was, the bodybuilder knows that each muscle must be strengthened if the whole body is to be developed mm-hmm. properly. Because he also brings it, yeah, because it's all one. Right. So there's something that you might consider is the fact that if all of the body parts aren't healthy, what does that mean for Mm -hmm. the whole body? If they aren't all growing, if they aren't all getting stronger, what does that mean for the body? What does it mean in our relationship to each other? Okay, if we're the body, that means that I'm not living autonomously. Right. My actions affect you. And I want you to be healthy because if you're not, we are not as a body. Right. And so that's where this applies then when we're talking life groups, when we're talking friendships Mm -hmm. is that as the body, I want to encourage you to be digging into the word because I want to encourage you to be getting stronger. I want to be encouraging you to be growing and deepening in your faith because that in turn affects me and affects each of us, all of us. So these are things that we can dig into. Um, like I said, that just this verse four, just to stop and look at each word that comes after one body, spirit, hope, Lord, faith, baptism, God, stop and take some time and think about why is he talking about each of those? Why are those the most important things that he's mentioning here? Get into a commentary, read about each of those. And then considering too, like to me, how do I apply this? These are the things that I need to have a really good understanding of. Like these are the basics of my faith. I need to understand who Jesus is. I need to understand who the Holy Spirit is. I need to understand who God is. I need to understand the point of baptism in the church. I need to understand this hope. Again, that word hope, I did not dig into it, but I pretty well guarantee you it's the same hope that I was talking about earlier. It's the confidence of the future. So, um, so just digging into that and, and looking into things, I'm going to jump ahead just in, um, because of time, but one thing that stood out to me that I would study if I was studying Mm -hmm. this is in verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, often when we read about spiritual gifts in the church, spiritual gifts, right? We're talking about these abilities that the Holy Spirit gives us that are used to build up the body, yeah. right? encouragement and service and giving and shepherding and administration, like all of these gifts and they're all abilities. But what is different here? It's not talking about abilities. It's talking about people. Yeah. The gifts that this is talking about that God gave to the church are these people who've been equipped to lead the church. So this is a different kind of reference here. It's not talking about spiritual gifts. It's talking about recognizing the gifts that you have among you in these people who are leading you spiritually. Um, I would look at that because it's just phrased so differently. Yeah. And I think easily it's easy to read over it and just assume that it's another list of spiritual gifts gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that's what this is. So that's something that I would, um, I would really spend time on. 
And then hopping down to verse 14, it talks about them. We will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, they sound like the truth. This is the point of Bible study. This is the point of study. This is the point of what we're doing here, right? Is that we need to understand all of this. We need to grow in our faith to the point where when we hear things, we're able to discern, oh, wait, mm, that's not right. <laughs> I think she twisted that just yeah. a little, like it's really close, but that's not accurate. And we need to build our spiritual muscles so we can do that for ourselves. And this is something that is really, um, a passion, a desire, a hot button topic for me, um, is that I hear women read an author or go to a conference and listen to something that's shared at a conference and the spirit behind it is good. It's well-intentioned, but the person who's speaking or the person who's writing really hasn't done their research. Uh And so they share something that's just slightly off. Um, I have an example of this. I read uh, the verse of the day. I think I've told you this, but mm-hmm. I read the verse of the day on the Bible app every mm-hmm. morning before I wake or I'm awake, but before <laughs> I get out of bed, it's like the first thing I look at right. and I'm intentional about that. Uh, I heard someone say to read the word before you hit the floor. Mm-hmm. So that's my easy before your feet hit the floor. That's my mm-hmm. easy way of doing that. Anyways, I do like the version Bible mm-hmm. app. I think it's great. Yep. If you use it correctly. Sure. Now I'm pretty sure I, I haven't done my research on this, but I think that almost anyone can put a Bible mm-hmm. study on it. Um, I don't think it's that hard. Mm-hmm. And I have read a few studies that I wouldn't have known were not totally accurate if I had not done my own mm-hmm. Bible study. Right. If, or it's it's right. like a, called a Bible plan. Right. And they it's the regurgitated stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. hate that word. To be I honest. know. I'm so sorry. And uh, <laughs> like I said, there is value. There uh-huh. is value. There is value. But, but yeah. But I was to able cautious. to discern because I had done my studying. So. Right. That I, I get why it's so important to you. Yeah. So it is, it is. And I'll hear people say, Oh, did you read such and such a book? And I'm like, no, I actually didn't. And this is the reason why Mm -hmm. I didn't is because, um, I've read some books by that author before and there've just been some scriptural inaccuracies. There've been some things that have actually kind of contradicted scripture maybe Mm -hmm. where, um, her heart is right and her heart is good and she's trying to guide and love people, but maybe her faith isn't where it needs Mm -hmm. to be or her study of the word, her education in that aren't to the place where she should be instructing others yet. And so there are just times when it sounds really good. And there's a lot of Christian speakers and authors out there. And you're like, man, this is great. This is so motivational and I love it. And I feel so good. And I see people post these things on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, but that is not in line with scripture at all. And, and yeah, the only way you know that is if you know scripture yourself, and then you're not tossed around and blown about by the wind, every wind of the, of new teachings. Right. Right. You have to discern. Right. So the, the end goal here is not for you to feel like battered and beaten. Like, Oh, Karen just whipped me today. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> right? going to say, you're not saying to not read books by Christian authors or to not read devotionals. No, I do those things. And I talk to Karen about it and she's never like, uh, don't do that. (laughs) Why are you reading? No, I mean the last season that we were on here, we were talking about a book by Jenny Allen. Like I love Christian authors. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we also have to grow in our faith on our own. We have to engage with the word. We have to study the word. We have to have a knowledge of it. Do you have to start somewhere? 
Yes. Is there a baby stage? Is there a toddler stage? Is there an elementary stage? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so don't feel bad or shame that you're at the stage you're at. But my point is you have to keep moving. You have to take responsibility for your own growth. You have to move forward to the next stage. You cannot rely on regurgitation for your entire life and expect to be a mature adult Christian. It's not going to happen. And I say mature adult Christian metaphorically, right? You you have to, at some point, start on the real food. You have to, at some point, start doing the work for yourself. Don't just maintain a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Cook the chicken. Cook the potatoes. It tastes so much better, and it's going to lead you to a healthier life. Yes. So good. We don't promise we will not say the word regurgitation again, but I'm going to try not to. (laughs) Brooklyn is now going to ban me from ever saying regurgitate in the office. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't want you to leave discouraged. I want you to leave encouraged to get into the word. And that's why, like I said, this week, we didn't do it for you. We're going to let you do it. Um, I'm going to put some prompts and some ideas in the um, podcast description today that will help you to do this together as a group to get into the word. Don't be afraid of it. Try it, learn, and hopefully it will not hopefully. I say hopefully in the scriptural. Yes, I am confident it will help you to keep looking above. Yes. Have a good week.